This is Jennifer Pepito with the Restoration Home Podcast, where we talk about the peaceful path to connected families and restored communities. In this kind of season, we're talking about the power of community. And I'm really excited as we're heading into Christmas to have a conversation about community with my daughter, Emily Pepito. Thanks for joining me, Emily. Thanks for having me on. It's really lovely to be here again. I'm so excited about these conversations and the way that it's helping us think through some hopeful ideas for the world. You know, I think that there's so many big, intense things happening in the world right now, and it can be confusing for us as moms to know how to give our children hope when we might be a little bit scared ourselves. And so the reason I started talking about these subjects is I'm writing a book about how the Benedictine rules can be translated into our lives today to give us hope and courage during kind of a weird season in the world. And I think community is one of those things that is so important because if we don't have anybody to sort of run with, it makes it really hard to live by countercultural values. Definitely, 100%. I think having community and people, because I think just from my own experience, I don't think we fully comprehend how much we become like the people we're doing life with. And so I think having community that you know is in some ways ahead of you, in some ways you are inspiring them um, and also has shared values and then also brings different skill sets to sort of community and and not just like hard skill sets, but soft skill sets is really important. I agree. I think Donald Miller talks in one of his books about having always somebody to be mentored by and someone to mentor in your life. And so, you know, as a family, we intentionally try to find people who are doing things that we want to do, that we want to learn from, you know, people who I have an interest right now in learning uh, more about herbs. And so I try to find friends who are, who are preserving their own herbs or growing herbs. That is lavender and oregano, not smoking herbs. Um, anyhow, but I also want to stay in community with people who are who are coming along, you know, people who have younger children still and who would maybe like to know somebody who made it through that season. So community is so important. One of the things I've been thinking about is how a community can die off if you don't have, if it's not growing, you know, you look at the shakers, like they had an incredible work ethic. They were incredible artisans. And yet there's only two, last I heard, there's only two shakers living because they didn't, they didn't procreate, they didn't have their own children. And so the community didn't expand. That's a crazy thought to think about how procreation affects community. And I think, I think the other thing is community is costly. Like community, community requires us to make sacrifices. Like a friend and I were talking about building a sort of a running club in Sonora and we were talking about it and it was like, both of us were like, oh, but I don't know if I can commit a day every week to run because I have this I want to do and that I want to do. And I think 
the the cost of the kind of community that we that we crave and that kind of has your back in lots of situations and that shows up for you and that is really fruitful does does mean that some some things have to be sacrificed whether that is you know parts of your parts of your freedom or bits of your schedule or you know and, and I I know we talk a lot about balancing family and external community and I think that's really important um that you're not sucked into any one thing that kind of overwhelms the space of your family time and understanding you know where you're at and how your children are doing and and really being able to connect as a family but at the same time if you know your values and you know that part of your value is creating community and you know that who that community is for the season that you're in then investing in that and creating that is going to mean that the night that you really just want to sit down as a family and veg out in front of the tv um sometimes there's a place for that but sometimes it's actually like no that's the the cost of the community is even though you're a little bit tired it's going out and engaging with the people that you're choosing to run with yeah, it's really important that we, you know, stay. I mean, there is a Bible verse that says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. And even more so as you see the day drawing near. I'm not quoting that exactly. But the point being, we need to be gathering with people so that we can grow together, so that we can become who God wants us to be. So now in terms of community, like I think Christmas time or the holidays is often a time where people get burnt out. Like there are so many family gatherings and parties and community events that they end up exhausted and sick and really not doing well because they've overdone it with community. Our family, we a while ago did an activity that's actually in my Unearthing Wonder Advent Guide where we kind of laid out, you know, what are the things that really bring life to us as a family over the holidays and what are the things that really drain us And so we evaluated that and we realized that we needed to spend Christmas day at home by ourselves, that we needed, you know, one day in the year where we could just really relax together, read books, play with our gifts, whatever it was, that Christmas day wasn't a day that we actually wanted to expand because for years we had driven several hours on Christmas day to be with our extended family. And we just kind of got tired of spending, you know, five hours on Christmas day driving how you know but as my kids have grown older I start to think oh my gosh like what if my kids don't all want to get together on the holidays and what if my husband and I are all by ourselves <laughs> as I as I see you guys growing up and developing your own homes what from your perspective how do you feel about the years that we spent all together at Christmas and then the years that we were a little bit more isolated at Christmas I think one thing that I do know is that I have always wished as a family we had more holiday activities surrounding Christmas Day. So Christmas, like more, like we used to do like cookie exchanges, like we used to have more sort of festivities going into Christmas. And then Christmas Day was this like day of rest and family. And then it shifted and it felt quieter around the holiday season. And so then Christmas feels just like an extension of that quiet. And so it feels like less necessary, which is, quite interesting and so I think definitely balance and I I definitely know that that when we made the decision to stop traveling for Christmas that was like the best day of my life I was like yay because even if you weren't even when we lived closer and we weren't traveling two hours it meant it still meant at least an hour of drive time and then you had to clean like 
could never leave the house without cleaning. Leaving the house was a headache. Like, especially with young children, like, there was just so much more rest and enjoyment of a fa- of, as a family and then also the holiday, keeping it quieter. But um, one thing that I think, and this, this might be so obvious it doesn't even bear saying, but a lot of times we get so sucked into uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, and it's like, well, there's a whole week between, there's a whole... There's, there's Boxing Day the day after. Like, how can you, like, if you have, like, there are times when one value means that you lay down another value. But there are also other times when it just means you shift. And so instead of meeting as a family on Christmas Day, because someday, you know, me and all my siblings have children and don't, you know, kind of make the same choice to not travel as much, it means there's a family holiday gathering the day after Christmas, or it means that there's a, you know, a, a family a family get together that comes in on a different season and still has the same meaning and impact and kind of togetherness without the same level of stress as say meeting every year on Christmas day. And so I think there's a lot of, I think, I think really you can think outside of the box when it comes to community and the holidays and what that looks like for you. And and so for our family, I think there's a lot of, a lot of time to look forward to because I don't think that everyone's going to immediately not want to be together for Christmas and then when that does start to develop because of you know different changing circumstances or whatever I think there is still so many ways to create tradition and create holiday and create togetherness that doesn't rely on being together on one specific day yeah that's really good and I, I was thinking about last Christmas you know two of our adult sons were away. One had to work on Christmas and one lived in another state. And it felt a little bit sad, but for Christmas Eve, we invited over a couple of your new friends. And that was really sweet to have that balance of time with community and even time where you were opening the doors and inviting people in who weren't necessarily a part of your community. They were maybe new friends but also having still our really sweet family time that creates such beautiful memories. One of the other things that I think is really good for developing community is doing some kind of outreach around the holidays. You know, we've done Samaritan ministry boxes, packing up those with our community. We've done, you know, taking food to the homeless. One year when we were in Mexico, do you remember this? When we walked around the streets with candles singing Christmas carols. I do remember that. And there was a big celebration back at the church. Yeah, it was an outreach and they were serving the chumparada and uh, I think pan dulce. But those those really create beautiful memories too when we kind of open up and do something for others. How do you think that impacts community? I think it's huge because I really, like I was just having a conversation with um, a friend in the community about service because when you... And she described it as like shoulder shoulder to shoulder, life shoulder to shoulder. And I, I love that because when you are working together towards a common goal, and we've talked about this like in the work podcast, it, it creates so much camaraderie. It creates so much joy. And a lot of times it breaks down barriers. It breaks down walls. It creates a sense of community and and just like it's hard it's hard to even put your finger on it for me at least where I'm like yeah like the people who I have served with and suffered with like there was I went to a when I was living in Ireland there was a weekend where it was called the Morn Cottage weekend and everyone went out on a hike which is super fun and I ended up staying back from the hike and 
cleaning up and I was my first year in the club so I wasn't like a long-time member or anything and I ended up staying back and helping clean the cabin or the cottage and the people I cleaned the cottage with to this day are still some of my best friends and it's just when we work together it is so good for creating long-lasting ties and relationships. That's so true. I think some of our other happy memories, you know, it wasn't around Christmas, but we did a lot of mission trips either with communities or, or we would invite people to come and stay with us and do a project together. And those experiences really did create so many happy memories. Why is it that working with people is so much more fun than working by ourselves? I don't know, but those were definitely some of our happy memories as a family. Yeah, they really, they really were. And it's like some of those, some of the work days from my childhood, I still look back on them and I'm like, that was, those are some of the best days because I, I do love working with people. I love that community and that camaraderie that comes with accomplishing something together. Yeah. We have had a few lonely seasons as a family too. I think probably the very loneliest was, a Christmas where we were missionaries and we were in transition. So we were taking a trip in a travel trailer across the United States, kind of uh, meeting with some friends, visiting some churches. And we were all by ourselves somewhere in, uh, I think Mississippi. I think so. Yeah. At Christmas time. Oh, it was so lonely. It was so lonely. And I think about in literature, the little house on the prairie, they always tell such beautiful stories about their Christmases. And there was one Christmas for them when they didn't even think they were going to get any presents. And then Mr. Edwards shows up and he's not even necessarily their people, but he becomes their community in that season because of their necessity. What are some of your thoughts on, you know, balancing out time as a family and community time at Christmas? I think like I'm, I know that I've mentioned Ronald Rollheiser's book, The Holy Longing, before, and he talks so much about how being a Christian is being mandated into a life of being the hands of and feet of Christ in the world, and I think that family time is is so beautiful. I think though that the importance of reaching out to your community. And it doesn't have to be this 50-50 or the 60-40, but just this constant awareness of the people around you who are, who are people, who are created in the image of God, who, are, who often are longing for community, even though they might not have the, the ability to reach out for it, and, and being willing to, to like listen to listen to God when you're crafting your community. And being able to, like, I love it when I hear testimonies of people being like, yeah, like, I just felt like God said, you know, buy this extra bag of groceries and just drop by and say hi to this family. Or, like, it's so simple, but every time we've taken a meal to somebody, there's a part of it that's just like, this is, this is so rudimentary, but it's so beautiful. And I, I think that there's, like, Edwards for the Ingalls family was I mean I I don't even know how far he walked but it was an insane distance to make sure that their little girls had something on Christmas day and and to spend time with them and I think that as much as I love love our family Christmases and love time alone I think community is 
is choosing to love like Christ loved the church and, and choosing to put yourself out there. And so I think definitely there isn't a science to balancing it. There's, there's seasons. And, you know, when we were living in the trailer and we were in Mississippi for Christmas, it was very much a mandated season of loneliness. And, um, you know, we, we did plenty of community outreach in the sense that we, you know, we had that, you know, a few months later, we had a, a little girl who's just living in one of the trailer parks over for my brother's birthday. And so there's, there were times when we reached out and I think, you know, that on that particular Christmas, we were very insular, which wasn't necessarily like we were forced insular. And then we also didn't necessarily reach out on Christmas day or in the days kind of surrounding it. But I do, but we, but we still were crafting community at other points on that trip. And yeah, I just think it is a, I think it is a, a mandate as Christians that as much as we want to guard family time, as much as there is this need to be alone, there's also this this mandate to reach out both above and below us in a sense um, and be be the hands and feet of Christ. Yeah. And on that, you know, on that trailer trip, on that long haul for, across the United States, we had dinner with a family we'd met once. We brought dinner to a family who, you know, I cooked a turkey dinner in my trailer for a mom who was dealing with real serious pregnancy illness. We went and spent New Year's Eve with a family, but it was, it was just this, this spot. And to me, Christmas does mean family. And so we had this one, you know, few day period where we had nobody around us and it was excruciating for me personally to be away from extended family at Christmas and really not even know anybody. And then that's why, you know, last Christmas, it was really sweet to have some people to invite over. And then another Christmas we had a, um, an uncle in town. It was so pleasant playing some of our games, you know? And so I think having that balance, you know, where that day of Christmas where we're by ourselves is so precious because most of the days surrounding we are, you know, having an ornament exchange or hosting a cookie exchange or going to a music recital. It's not the everyday norm that we're alone. And so then when we do get a day like that, it's so precious. One of the things that families are, you know, trying to sort through is how do they plan for a life-giving holiday season? And in our Advent guide, Unearthing Wonder, there's a couple activities that I think can help with that. One of them is really examining some of your own Christmas memories. Like, were there triggers? Was it always a fight when the Christmas tree went up? Or were you always disappointed on Christmas? And then kind of asking Jesus to come and maybe shine some light on that area. Maybe it is that you ask him for a new memory this year. Or maybe it's that you just say sorry for carrying an attitude of unthankfulness with you your whole Christmas life, you know, whether there was one Christmas when I was a kid and I, I feel like I didn't get anything. I'm sure that's not hundred percent true, but it was kind of like the, there was a group gift for our family and, you know, I don't know what all the circumstances were. And so for a lot of my adult years, I was always kind of dissatisfied at Christmas. And then the Christmas we spent in Italy, which was amazing. Anyhow, I, I did, I took some time with Jesus and I just uh, let him comfort me. I I kind of acknowledged what was come what was going on. I acknowledged some of the lies that I believed that you know things would that there would be never enough and some of those weird attitudes that I picked up from that one Christmas in childhood. 
And it's made such a difference in the years after that. I haven't dealt with that same sort of disappointment at Christmas. Right. That's, that's beautiful. I think I have honestly always loved Christmas. And I think there's not, I think that you and dad did a really beautiful job of really protecting it. I think there was always, you know, some like stress around the Christmas tree going up, but it's a finicky job. And I think, I think overall for me, Christmas has been just such a precious holiday. Like I, I really love it. Yeah. And I think, so that's one of the activities in the Unearthing Wonder book. And then another one is, like I said earlier, just developing an idea of what is life giving to your family and what is life draining because we don't have to do everything. You know, there are some families who don't exchange gifts at all. They just gather and eat together. There are some families who do a music recital every year and hang a lot of lights every year. And then there are other families who don't do that every year. And so I think making a list for your family and deciding what are the really important things that we want to keep doing? What are the really important things that are going to be our family traditions, but not feeling like you have to make family traditions based on what your family did or what was done in the past can be really helpful for defining what's important. And that does help us build stronger communities when we evaluate what is important. We have something to build around. Um, you know, one other thing that has been really helpful for us at Christmas is the Peaceful Press Christmas Guides. They have so many delightful activities in there. There are crafts, there are recipes, there's fun large motor play, and these Christmas Guides are perfect for children in preschool through early elementary. There are some counting and phonics activities, so you could just skip school with your younger children for the whole month of December and do the Christmas Guide. But even your older elementary children are going to love the motor skills activities, the uh, the large motor play and the crafts and art and poetry and singing. So you can grab the Christmas guides and Unearthing Wonder Advent Guide at thepeacefulpress.shop. We'll link that in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening today. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you find out when new episodes drop and we would be so thankful if you would leave a review thank you again for joining